1: Hello, and welcome to Only Stupid Answers. My name is Sam Basher, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. DJ Woldridge. How are you doing?
2: me. You know, man, I'm doing.
1: You're doing? I'm doing. Well, I'm same. Eh, Same over here. And uh, today we're joined by a very special guest. You might remember him from our Watchmen reviews slash breakdowns in late 2019, but you may have seen him on Screen Junkies, the Reboot It show on YouTube, the Nerd Goat podcast, or if you're a fan of stand-up or the New Negroes on Comedy Central. Uh, We're joined today by Mr. Ed Greer. Thank you so much for joining us over Zoom.
0: Dude, what's up, guys? I'm trying to stare down the barrel of the camera, so I'm looking at you even though... DJ's right here, and you're up here. So (laughs) it's like trying to coordinate. (laughs)
1: Yeah, with the uh, cool background replacement that Zoom has, all of my equipment, like if I start moving my arm out, you can start to see what the room actually looks like and all the equipment and wires and shit that I have everywhere, (laughs) Uh, and I don't want people to see it because it looks actually pretty smooth right now besides like the cropping around my face and my hair, Uh, and also, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we we have a live stream of all of our podcasts over on patreon.com where you can see our faces and the fact that... I haven't showered today, so that's cool. So I put my hair in a little band thing just to keep it up and out of the way because it keeps growing and growing and growing because of the quarantine. But uh, we wanted to – Ed, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, And I did kind of want to give a plug really quick uh, to reboot it and Nerd Goat because they sound like podcasts that are way up our audience's alley. Uh, For Nerd Goat, uh, the quickie synopsis I saw was uh, Ron Swallows and yourself Nominate your favorite characters from like movies, TV shows, comics, video games, and you just give the pitch for why they're the goat, or why they're not the goat, or is it just talking about every all the best elements of those characters and how they're the best in their genre or their their story? You That's know what? What's great about the show is it's all of the above. Cool. It's two,
0: two, five, six shows in one. Now, you know what? It started with, uh, you know, they say like uh, having a guest on is like the worst way to start a podcast because it makes you dependent on other people, their, their popularity waxing and waning, their whatever. They say it's the worst way. It's like we built it wrong from the get go. And the fact that we're a known podcast on any level at all blows my mind daily uh we started getting really uh, it, it started well and then we got even better production from a man producer bill and uh I, we started sharpening ron up to like think about some of these concepts and stuff and ron was ron was the one who uh introduced me to the guys at uh bill bonds media who you know help us you know run the show they're they're the ones uh messing with the servers and shit <laughs> i'm just <laughs> i'm just uh, i just show up and blow up you know what i mean uh but he's uh producer bill i was telling you guys off air started talking more on the podcast and i think it got exponentially better it became three smart guys talking about character and concept with guests and the guests always come and they're like i think the punisher is the best i think moon knight's the best i think you know superman is the best and they have everybody has their pre-loaded like uh, uh, scopes trial speech to like mm-hmm. to like to like you know prove their point on certain characters. And that's the beautiful part. We people get to do that, but they also get to be kind of psychologically examined by myself and Ron, the producer Bill, as to, you know, because when somebody says Deadpool's their favorite character, like Koi Jandro did. Yeah. You know where he's coming from. If Deadpool's your favorite character, there's several places you can come from, actually. And Koi is one of the most complex Deadpool's My Favorite Character people yeah. that I've ever met in my whole life. And I And our audience got to hear that, you know?
2: I also don't know where Koy finds time in the day. Like we had him on the show, and he was talking about all the comics he was reading, and it's like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> Dude, the amount of long boxes he was telling me he had, and I was like, bro. I'm not into floppies like that. I'm a comic <laughs> hipster now, man. I'm all about graphic novels. I got a PDF for my Apple Watch. I don't do books. It's like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm the problem on a lot of levels, you
1: know. Actually, I mean, hey, I'm the same way because I I know ne- I got into comics in my twenties just because that wasn't just wasn't a thing that my family we didn't. We didn't talk about those mm-hmm. in my household, and so when I got out, this was a I Christian home.
2: We don't talk about the funny books,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and not the fun Christians. No. They, uh, no, we, uh, yeah, no. And so, like, I, I got into comics on Comicsology, but now I try to support my local comic shop. I'm trying to do the mm-hmm. right thing as a fan, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. probably still doing it wrong. I know it. <laughs> I, I know it. It's a learning experience for me in a lot of ways right now. I feel like
2: this is, um, <laughs> is kind of early in the game, but now that you've brought this up, I, I did kind of uh, want to know your thoughts. Uh, Ed, I don't know if you heard the news, um, I think it was like e- as yesterday, of, as of this recording, that DC's no longer using Diamond Distribution uh, to distribute its, com- uh, its comics. And I know so you and Sam are not necessarily like going out to get the floppies, but like for those of us that are, that's kind of a big deal.
0: I mean, so how are the comics going to get here? Are they going to go with more independent uh, or smaller distributors? So maybe there's some
1: competition and it won't be such a broken industry. I mean, was was that political there? I don't know. I I do know that they're going with two new distributors. One of them is Midtown and one of them because that's servicing the East Coast. And there's another one that's I think it's UCS, UCS, not USC, UCS. That's doing (laughs) West Coast um and but the problem is you're like yeah because it breaks up the monopoly with diamond but uh but now it's still just everybody at one company and then one other company at these other two yeah so it, it yeah. doesn't though there's a by the way i highly recommend and i don't know if you're familiar with word balloon the podcast yes john Suntress, john yes yeah. he's he's the goat. he's my favorite he's uh i just i mean i knew about it but now i'm just like diving into 15 years worth of comic book deep dives with writers and creatives and Mm -hmm. industry professionals and he just put out a hour and a half episode diving into it with a bunch of like just professionals that own their own shops or are in the distribution model or they work at comic book uh Journalist outlets like bleeding cool um mm-hmm. it's worth, worth checking out to kind of dive into it because man like what do i know like I, I like reading the the PDFs and the stuff on Comicsology, comiXology and my comiXology app's great because it hides the pieces of the comic, so i don't have to see it ahead of time i get surprised <laughs> i like that i'm sam, such a simple man
2: sam loves the surprises but it speaking of comics you are working on your own one
1: dude
0: uh it's, it's pretty weird. Uh, I was telling you guys off air that producer Bill, my, my partner in crime on this, and, and Ron Swallow's contributing too. He's like basically our funny editor. We're doing basically, uh, basically Bill had hoop dreams of, of doing comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. As did I. If you talked to me at 18, I would have told you, I'm going to be working at Marvel in five years, but I kind of went the entertainment track and the writing stuff, and I started getting used to write a script, wait if somebody likes it. Mm-hmm. Bill got used to working in production. He's produced like something like 200 hours of reality TV and done, t- sold 12 like basically reality shows and or one-off like documentary type things and stuff. He like works in television. That's why we call him producer Bill. Yeah. But all the while, he's been drawing. All the while, I was looking at my... When I was in the makeup chair to get on New Negroes on Comedy Central, I was drawing something.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. It was
0: like whatever I was doing, it was always back to that all the time. And I don't want to call it a dream deferred, especially in our times right now. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it was a little bit that way. And we've and me and Bill have been doing comics, but not really showing anybody for years. And so now we've decided to make a magazine type, you know, metal herlant, heavy metal type, you know, compendium right. of all these little short stories and weird Weird us trying to be Mobius comics, you know, and like and like and like weird humor comics, you know, just really getting nuts, you know. And uh, I we've come together with a forty-eight page book, great, uh, called Goat Comics, and it's going to be just all that stuff. We we do these things on reboot on um, Nerd Goat called Battle Royales, where we'll be like Batman, Moon Knight, Daredevil, and John Wick all fighting in a trash can, who wins, you know? <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, we're going to like uh, draw like one and two page versions of those fights nice. and put those in the back of the book. And we're going to have, I'm going to have at least one, like three to four page story. Now I'm going to have at least two, three to four page stories about some of my characters. I'm probably going to have about three of those. So we're trying to still apportion the pages, see what's going to be pinups, what's going to be back matter. You can see sketches of us sketching these ideas out for years and how they've evolved. It's like almost like a. I, I, I think I've described it well. It's like Mad Magazine meets heavy metal. It's all of these ideas poured into something. It's almost like several pilots for several books as well. Awesome. So, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So, Goat Comics is a Kickstarter. We're going to debut it on June
1: 22nd. And I'm, June 22nd. That,
0: yeah. And that's supposed to come out later. I was supposed to like tease that or whatever, but I'm like, you guys are great. I want to tell you about it. <laughs> and so I just said it. But yeah, we're coming out with it on uh, June 22nd. That happens to be. The day we're going to drop our 150th episode of Nerd Goat, which Amazing. is a thing called the Tournament of Goats, where we talk to uh, Hector Navarro is going to come on and nice. talk to us. About uh every single character, or, or about the top ten characters that we've covered this season on Nerd Goat, and they're going to have a battle royale with all of us talking it out to see who is indeed the greatest, uh, the, the the goat of goats for season three of our podcast. That sounds amazing. So it's amazing. all like a confluence, you know. We're trying to try to do some synchronicity, baby. <laughs> <laughs> got some synchronicity, Danny. Got to drop it on them.
2: <laughs> Wait. So are you saying we got an exclusive here about goat comics? here yeah, here yeah, first, you, goat comics. You,
0: you actually did, because I, I was I was on, a, I was on Jonathan London show and the Geek Cape show, and I kind of teased it. But I'm just like, tease me, let's give it. Come on. So, hell yeah, man.
2: So June 22nd, if you're listening to this then, uh, if not, put it on your calendar now. June 22nd, go to mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Uh, for those that, that are unfamiliar with the Kickstarter community, first days are important. So please go yeah. support Goat Comics on its first day so that they can get a big bump on that first day and can help yeah, make and- that happen.
0: Absolutely. And if they just check the just keep checking that space of reboot it on YouTube, yeah. We put up several text updates if people subscribe to the reboot it channel. Also, just reboot it is a fun is a fun show that we do. We just kind of t- we make it like John Peters made me producer Bill Ronswallow and Billy and uh, Billy Business from Screen Junkies. We're, we make it as though John Peters kicked in the door to our apartment and said, You guys reboot Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I don't care. Yeah. I don't care how much people hate you. Because, boy, when we said we were going to reboot Star Wars, there was a hush in the universe, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it turned out to be one of our most popular episodes. And we do stuff like that with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. We rebooted uh, He-Man and made it a movie where, where She-Ra and everybody's in it. You Great. know, there's a big Love the, multiversal conflict. You know, we try to take a weird tack on it. So anyway, the rebooted space, we're going to do stuff about the Kickstarter. We're going to have a teaser video that's going to drop next week with like little little images, little teaser, you know, so watch that space and watch Nerd Goat. Uh, And we'll be talking about the Kickstarter and its progress as well. So, yeah. I love that. That's love- awesome.
1: Well, hey, I marked it down so that way we know uh, from the OSA uh, social media accounts and from the podcast, we'll make sure to show it some love and get our uh, audience excited for it because that sounds awesome. And it's uh, Also, we've uh, DJ, he's been a comic creator. We've had other comic creators, indie comic creators on uh, the show before and it's just cool how our audience has been uh, getting so active behind those projects. So be sure to keep an eye out for uh, the OSA listeners when that happens. Also, um, this is
2: the perfect time to try and uh, create a comic because you don't need to be in a room with a bunch of people to make a comic
0: (laughs) buddy i don't think that hasn't been part of the thought process but it's like it was so crazy because months and months before this whole jazz happened we were like look there's no reason we can't do this there's no reason we can't get this together uh we have we 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 can carve out time in our busy at that time weeks (laughs) and then all this time comes and all this rumination starts and yeah uh, I don't necessarily want that to be part of the origin story, but maybe there's a little that mutagen on the project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: no, I, I, I totally hear you.
1: Well, I actually wanted to ask, uh, because you uh, clearly have a, a love for the nerd space for comic books, movies, TV shows, but also, uh, we mentioned that you've been doing stand up and as far as I could tell, you've been doing up for about 10 years. Would you say you've been doing it more than 10 years?
0: Oh, no. Well, every, you know, when you ask a comic how long they've been doing it, you get a 20 minute answer. So I'm trying to break that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Doing it about 10 years. Seriously. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I, I was flirting with it a little bit. Everybody does. Everybody kind of like I remember a time when I went to comedy shows every week religiously. I followed certain comedians and kind of stalked them to see them doing their their comedy at different places and how the material changed and stuff. I uh, got pulled over for racing to go see uh, uh, a show at the Improv, you know, yeah. uh, which dovetails into some of the stuff we might talk about later. But yeah, like, for sure, like all of this different stuff happened to me. And during that period, I swear to you, if somebody asked me, did you would you did you want to do you actually? You're doing all this comedy crap. Do you want to be a comedian? I'd be like, no, hell no. What? <laughs> no, I just I just hang out in these brothels. I, I don't like to have sex. No, I, no. It's, you know what scenery, mean? it's the music. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I like I like red lights. I just like them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, like, spending I like money here. Yeah, I like pumping techno, but I don't like strippers. I like techno in the dark and I like dubious wings. I
2: read Playboy <laughs> for the articles. Damn it.
0: <laughs> right so that's kind of what i was doing uh, me, me, you know me doth protest too much
1: and all that jazz
2: yeah yeah i uh so, saying what we were you gonna say go for it
1: oh uh, no i so you've been doing it for a while uh, when did you start has it always been a marriage because i from like the first one i can find was like 2011 first video online mm-hmm. and uh immediately there's a good marriage between uh your love of comics And, and comedy. And has that always been the case? Have you just kind of, has that been an easier place for you or have you kind of, has it been a decision to kind of tear down the like comic book medium and like kind of connect with people that way?
0: You know, I think, I think that's the greatest question I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Because I don't think people understand how, how weird it was back at that time trying to like, Do nerd stuff as comedy. And it wasn't that people didn't get the references. It was like, I don't wanna get those references. I don't wanna be seen getting those references. We're talking about like just barely after all this stuff had gone down. And like I said, I I just never thought of it. I I didn't try to fight the tide, is the Mm -hmm. answer. I didn't try to fight the tide. I just Mm -hmm. tried to embrace it. And I tried to be what, but I also tried to be doing comedy for regular human people at a high level and then add some comic jazz to it instead of starting out with this, like I, like I told you guys earlier, just like a, in Iron Man 168. When the guy comes out with a whip and he's on 13% at that stage, punchline you know it's just like there were people in the space doing that type of stuff and that's fine because straight up those four engineers in the basement are going to like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm trying to get the engineers and the and the ladies from the steno pool what is this 1940 Uh, (laughs) Yeah, like you know i'm trying i'm trying to get a little bit of everybody i don't want to get all of everybody because that sucks yeah and you try to please everybody you please nobody and and that's not what i'm trying to do but i am i I don't want to be insular i want to like be inclusive i think that's been my whole thing i want to be inclusive even to myself i want to include my interest if i'm going to be up here and here entertaining you losers for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. i want to talk about what the hell i want to talk about which is why one of the first things i was known for really was like talking that shit about like the the issues man you know i wasn't i wasn't really known as a comic book guy from the get-go i think most people uh, Eric Griffin, who's gone on to do things on like Workaholics and uh, he's a regular, paid regular at the comedy store, just kind of a big deal. And I remember one of my first times performing, he saw me at a little place uh, that I won't give pub because it sucks. <laughs> but, uh, and I was doing a set and I got off stage. I just spit fire and brimstone. Like I just told proof, truth to power to these devils. You know what I'm saying? I just laid it down. And I come off stage and uh, uh, Eric goes, they got to get to know you. Before they'll let you preach to them. Mm
1: -hmm. And I was
0: like, Oh, and like part of getting to know me is knowing how much I love comic books. Yeah. Part of getting to know me is knowing things like that about me, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of the genesis of all that. That's why it went
1: together like that. I like that. I got to ask, uh, oh, really DJ, go ahead. No, no, go for it, go for it. All right. Well then I wanted to follow that up with, uh, since comics is so important to you, when did that love start? And what was like the catalyst? Cause like for me, I was like, who doesn't want to like watch a Batman movie, you know, like who doesn't watch, <laughs> like who didn't see the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie and you fell in love with it. But for me, it was the flash TV show where I was like, Oh, it's a marriage of all the genre stuff that I love, like back to the future. Uh, also, I just love, like running really fast and like slowing down time, <laughs> like all that stuff. Like, and when I got into like the speed force stuff, I was like, wait, it's like a religion. Like, what does this mean? It doesn't mean anything, but it's cool. Like I, <laughs> I, I liked that they were diving into it. And then I got, I finally checked out the comic and I was, I realized like, Oh, this is the order you can read it. Wikipedia is your friend here to help you figure out what For all real. this shit means. So mm-hmm. that's my story. What's your story right. when it comes to comics?
0: Oh, I, I think I could tell it very, very succinctly. I used to know this kid named Muhammad, and he, uh, he was like a little bitty guy on my block. And we just kind of got sat together in class. And we were just little buddies. You know how you become friends with your kids. It's kind of yeah. foisted on you. Uh, proximity, yeah. Yeah, just pro- proximity buddies. Proximity buddies, they'll determine your taste for life. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so this kid this kid was like, hey, man. Um, he just had comics all the time he would have comics from first comics. He would have comics from, he might've had some comics from timely comics. This kid had all the comics. He had all different types of comics. So, uh, I think he just started leaving them around and I would pick them up and read them or, and we started, uh, I started, I think he was trying to indoctrinate me, but he wasn't a Christ he, he wasn't, sorry, a bad type of Christian or a bad type of zealot of any religion about it on me. He just sort of left the tracks around yeah, yeah, and yeah. let me sort of come to the, come to Jesus myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I started looking at all these characters and seeing like one of the, my, my very first comics that I saw that made a real impression on me, and I, I, I'm not quite dorky enough to remember the exact issue, but it's the one people will know it. It's a John Byrne Fantastic Four. One of the two things uh, it's it's uh, one. I remember seeing the cover where um, Frankie Ray or Nova is coming out of Galactus's hand mm-hmm. as his new herald. That image burned its place into my mind. Like somebody made a lady out of fire. What story determined that? Yeah. How, was, how was that? but I didn't even read that comic. I think I read it, read a couple uh, other issues where Galactus comes to uh, or this other issue. Galactus comes to earth, tries to attack us and stuff. He's, all the superheroes are fighting him and I'll never forget it. There's a panel of daredevil and Spider-Man sitting on a, like a building ledge, looking at everybody in the Marvel universe fighting Galactus and they're not doing anything because they know they can't. Mm-hmm. They know they would just be getting in the way and they have a conversation about, yeah, man, yeah, you want know, to get some takeout type stuff. They were just like, you know, they're obviously concerned for everything. They want to, you know, save lives and stuff, but they would just get in the way because this is so beyond them. It's so big. Yeah. And I was like, this universe has all these. These guys are obviously heroes. They're sitting on a ledge. I wouldn't sit on a ledge. These guys are incredibly agile and dope. But there are things that are beyond their ken. This place is so big and huge. And that's what my conception of comics. It's so big and huge. There's so much stuff going on. There's so many levels to this. I love this. That's my that's my I remember having that thought basically.
1: That's awesome. And also really inspirational. I know that's a lot of how a lot of other people found it. I just imagine like I had friends who were uh, and not knocking, but I had friends on my block growing up. They were Jehovah's witness. And we'd always find those watchtower pamphlets outside <laughs> our house. We're like, you try to Yeah, I, I see what you're doing. Dude. I'm not- imagine
0: if John Byrne circa 1986 or something was drawing those pamphlets. Right. You might be a Jehovah's witness. You'd be one of the 144,000 right now. You'd be like, damn, this shit is tight.
2: Maybe that's the secret. Maybe <laughs> these needs better. exclusive group. Yeah. they. Yeah. Uh, they just need better artists on those pamphlets.
0: <laughs> what I like. Dude.
2: Yeah. Yeah go for it no
0: no i was just gonna say uh, jim lee uh jim Jim lee 2000 drawing a religious tract. i get with it you're
2: in you're in you're in you're sold so i like what you were saying about um including the comic stuff into your comedy because of that idea something an idea that's really important to me when it comes to art narrative all that stuff is um telling the story you want to hear told or telling something that's personal to you because i think um specificity and honesty is important to any type of art um, specifically. And I think that pertains to what kind of what we wanted the topic to be about um, this week, because obviously, uh, I guess for those listening later, uh, as of this recording, uh, times in America are pretty tumultuous, to put it uh, uh, bluntly, I guess. And um, something this, this show has always kind of been about celebrating movies and TV shows and comics and being positive. And In light of everything that's going on, it feels inconsequential, but an aspect of it that is, I think, uh, pertinent right now is there are a lot of um, black creators and a lot of other creators of color and minorities that have contributed, not only contributed to the art, but laid the foundation and created the art that we on this show and our fans love so much. So, with everything that's going on, we wanted to take a second to look at specifically at that and specifically of of black creators that have influenced us and inspired us to maybe create just just for a moment, a little space where we can celebrate something instead of being overwhelmed by everything that's happening. Now, that said... I do want mm-hmm. to take a minute. Uh, I think both Sam and I, if you follow us online, uh, uh, and I would Ed as well, we're very mm-hmm. vocal about our opinions online on Twitter. Uh, uh, I think it's it's I don't Black Lives Matter. Um, I personally, speaking for myself personally, have had issues with um, law enforcement, um, and this week has uh, exacerbated those feelings significantly. Uh, and we don't need to get in all that right now. Um, but I think it's important that we, we on the show believe Black Lives Matter. We want to support black creators. We want to support our black friends. Um, we want to support our community. We want to support our neighbors. And I want to uh, express my admiration for everybody that's, that's getting out there and protesting um, and you know, I've done what I have tried to do what I can to contribute to some of the groups like um, Black Lives Matter and the NAACP um, that are trying to do things to make our country better um, and trying to open up uh, online, trying to, I guess, retweet and, and broadcast voices that are significantly smarter than I am on these issues and to provide other people those opportunities as well.
1: And I, you said it, uh, and DJ, thank you for taking point on that. You, you said it well. And, and yes, you can check out all of our Twitter accounts and other social media accounts because I've just been trying to take the time this week and, and next week and next. I mean, I just kind of want to change how I go about using my social media platform for not only amplifying and sharing the things that I do, but also what other creators do as well. And I have a lot of resources that you can find on my social media accounts in terms of Black creators. Also resources to help out during this time because I know a lot of people... I'm sure you can follow the right hashtags, but if you'd like on my Instagram account and on my Twitter, you can find a resource hub for places to donate, places to educate yourself, and different uh, forms of art that can help you uh, just just broaden your horizon, to put it one way, but also just to, to educate yourself more uh, plainly. Uh, but, anyways, sorry, just wanna, uh, that's, I just mm. wanted to throw in my two cents as well.
2: Yeah, we just didn't want anybody that, even though anybody, to have any confusion about where we stand on yeah. these issues. Now, uh thanks again for joining us today. We have a question. I, first of all, I wanted to throw to you in case there was anything you wanted to add uh to this.
0: Mm. I mean, uh, what's what's interesting about about this time is it bec- it becomes like it becomes like this uh uh my only problem with all of this attention about the issue right now is it seems like racism towards black people and others so-called people of color uh it seems like on almost every other issue in the world the white american is like uh goodwill hunting you know puts his mop down and just strides up to the problem and says yeah i got all these answers i totally understand that here here's a dope answer off the top of my head dunning kruger effect you know everybody in america seems so damn smart We, we seem like We've been trying to sell this notion that we made the generation of non-racist white people. We made them. They've been selling that dream since 1890 or so that, that, oh, this is the year we stopped being whack. Oh, mm-hmm. No, no, This is the year. No, no, no. This one, this one's the one. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. This one's the one. The 60s. Oh, we got it. Oh, we did it this time. No, 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 no. The 70s. 70s is where it's at, man. 80s. I'm doing coke with a black guy. This is progress, right? Yeah, we're doing it. 90s. I love hip hop music. That Boisha is hilarious. You know, and so on and so forth, all the way through history, we just think we got it. Oh no, no, I'm done. No, I, I finished my sketch right now. No, no, no. Obama's I president, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obama's president, right? So on and so forth. You know the mile markers, right? Yeah. And we all can perceive them as mile markers to progress. Yes, but it's like it's like a, a JPEG in 1998. You know what I mean? It's loading slow as hell. This this so-called progress is loading slow as hell. We can't even see a nipple yet. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We know, we can see it's going to be a lady eventually when the stuff starts to keep, you know, finishes downloading. But we don't even see a nipple yet. We get so damn excited. Like, we solved everything. Yeah. And and for every other damn problem, we're good while hunting. But when it really comes down to, hey, you know what the problem is? It's the fact that the police are there to protect white supremacy as much as they are there to protect property. That's yeah. the answer. I just gave it to you do something about it. Yeah. And, the, and they go, and then every, all of a sudden it's this complicated issue that nobody knows what the hell to do about. And because nobody wants to see it that way. Drew Brees his black buddies had to like probably, you know, corner him in a locker room and be like, bro,
2: yeah.
0: I ain't catching another goddamn pass <laughs> <laughs> until you understand that it ain't about a fucking flag, dude. It's not about us kind of turning good boys who don't who who want some money for college into mercenaries around the world. Yeah. It's not about having some weird respect for that. I'm in a Captain America shirt. I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's not about using this weird fake symbology to hide and obfuscate whatever the issue is. It's about just the police are a dog yeah. that you had to catch us literally. Catch black people, literally, slave catch and bounty hunting is how the cops in this country started. And then the 13th Amendment comes in and all of a sudden they the people who were free for five minutes are now a new candidate to be put into prisons have always been privatized. Prison has always been full in this country of uh, black people getting caught up, some of them doing bad stuff, some of them doing stuff that you do and didn't get busted for because nobody's looking for you.
2: Yeah,
0: Right. So the, the I think we just need to understand that a, a whole whole generations of black people have ended up in jail for doing this stuff. Everybody has a criminal phase. I'm gonna be real. Every kid has a criminal phase. Every kid took took a took this took that. Did this did that. Everybody has that think they're a good fella phase in life. But yeah. white boys get to go through it unscathed. Black people get put in jail and and ruined almost mentally for life. You if you're a 14-year-old kid you go to adult jail for something a white boy gets away with every day for. Your whole way of seeing the world has changed. You know what I mean?
2: And on that note, you n- now, as far as society as a whole, you now have a segment of society that thinks, well, I can get away with shit. You know what I mean? You've got mm-hmm. a society that knows, knows that there are phones out. Everybody's mm-hmm. out protesting because people's phones are out. And they see you. Mm-hmm. And we all see it. And they're like, well, I'm still going to do it anyway, because I have nothing in my life that says I'm held accountable for this. It's like. but you know that we see. And the sad, that I think one of the many things that, that haunts me in all this is that I am not convinced that those people that are like, well, I'm not gonna be held accountable for this. I'm not convinced that they will be. And that blows. That blows because you need accountability from the top down. You need people to be held accountable because that's how you learn. I would imagine all three of us to some degree or another learned how to be better, better people because we did dumb things and somebody came along and like, hey man, cut it out. And so you did, because you didn't, because you, you your brain is meant to function off of that shame. That shame teaches you how to be better. So mm-hmm. if you've got a whole segment of society that's not taught, hey, it's bad. If you do that, we're gonna punish you. You know what I mean? Then, then the whole the whole thing's lopsided,
1: and you mm-hmm.
2: have a system uh, ready to for abuse.
1: Yep. And to kind of build off Ed, what you were saying, uh, I know there's been a lot of recommendations for uh, ways that white people uh, can educate themselves in, in terms of how the police functions and what their role is, is in society. They're not the superheroes uh, you think they are. The what their <laughs> what their role is and what their priorities are. Uh, one documentary that was recommended to me and I know to a lot of other people on social media was 13th it was produced by Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. and it's very very well done and it's very uh, it, uh, eye-opening there are some things you know but also it's the context in which they they place these events for people to understand like you understand like the Birmingham bombings and like uh, they also talk about like uh, Birth of a Nation the film uh, and I know like Last year, speaking of Watchmen, because uh, we were talking about that earlier, but like Birth of a Nation, Alan Moore specifically cited it as a motivator for uh, white supremacists uh, as a way to go out and dole out justice or whatever that whatever they perceived as that and and white supremacy on on black neighborhoods and and, min- and uh, minorities in America. Um, anyways, Thirteenth tackles that, and I highly recommend people uh, watch it uh, and challenge themselves to have to come to terms with. How the world really works, and I know that I grew up in a suburb. Uh, I mean, I know that I grew up in a suburb, mm-hmm. but I, I know I grew up in a very uh, sheltered suburb that uh, was segregated, but not like I thought in the '60s. You know, you're just like I'm at like the Hispanic school where there are some white people, but we know that there are there is the school that does not get funding where it's majority black kids and Hispanic kids, but the one that does really well are like it was predominantly white and Asian. And we know like that's where like money went and all and how it got divvied up and. I've had mm-hmm. to have a lot of really complicated conversations with a lot of my family members that I don't have the answers to all the time about like what systemic racism is. And I know it's been at least helpful this week that a lot of uh, graphics and animated shorts and a bunch of other like, and, and speeches that have come out that, to explain it. But the thing is, it hasn't, this isn't new. This has been explained before, but it's been buried. And now their conversations just become very, it's, it's risen to the surface. So people oh, are oh. able to have these. Yeah, well, just jumping on that. The
0: thing is, and 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 like I, I try to be succinct about it, and that's one thing I want to say about the thirteenth. It isn't Ken Burns telling you for ten hours that the white man is the devil that killed all the red man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it 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 doesn't present it that way. It does present it as you given a continuous blowjob to law enforcement may be wrongheaded. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what, it shows you all the different ways that law enforcement and how it's perceived and how it's sold. America's built on several mono myths that we don't really have to all the way get into. But yeah. one is the rugged white individualist subduing savages. That's yeah. one of the main myths. So the savages can be red, they can be black, they can be yellow, they can be brown, they can be all types of colors, and occasionally they can be white. White people didn't become white until like 1910 when they started being like, OK, are we going to be mean to are we going to be more mean to Polish people or Irish people? Polish people. Are we going to be mm-hmm. more mean to Irish people or Italians? Italians. Are we going to be more mean to you know, when, when they decided this this uh, uh, ethnicity draft, are we going to be more mean to Armenians than, than Turkish people? Uh, Armenians. And we, we, they just decided to start to start picking these different uh, people to make a caste system of. And black people always ended up on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And, and there, and we, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- I'm being attacked. No, uh, <laughs> the, the, there, there's always somebody who's willing to uh, accept that there is a criminal class that really keeps the, 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 uh, workers in check. As long as you can design, design a criminal class and always be able to identify somebody as criminals and always design, you know, design somebody to be the lowest, then you can have a hierarchy that you can build. You saw, uh, I saw, a. uh, uh A Latinx guy jump out of uh, a truck and whip out a chainsaw to chase away protesters because he was he was so affronted that uh, uh, Latin people and and white people were caring this much about any sort of black issue. He he it was a giant affront to his sensibilities because in his mind he's built up a hierarchy and at least I'm not as bad as them and I want to be with the white people who ignore them because. I'm more of the law abiding. It's really easy to to abide the law when you have everything you need all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you know, when you have these giant big dreams that you know that you can achieve and there's nothing stopping you there. And there's all this different, and when you're not policed to hell, when you're 15 and you're a dumbass, I just want to keep coming back to that point. Yeah, they police the hell out of these communities, and they catch people who are who are doing things that again they let their sons and brothers off for, yeah. and they throw my brothers be like a street preacher get out of soapbox. Uh, they, th- they 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 sit, they let their brothers go home. They put my brothers in jail. Blah yeah. blah blah. You know, but that's the case though. Yeah, and and until so we stop doing just basic stuff like that, like treating most Black people, like your best Black buddy, the one you know is safe, the one you you know shares your interest, would be a real step up. Mm-hmm. That that would be the step up that might be necessary. But until we stop saying that like Black people, I, I read this screenwriting book a long time ago, and a Black writer was talking about, when I go in to pitch, it's like a lion came into the office to pitch. Yes, the lion can have on a business suit. Yes, it can sit down and Uh, fold its paws and go into this yes see i have a space opera in mind but all they see is a lion and it's hard for them to just get calm enough around you to be cool and be real you know because they're worried about this lion they've been told about
2: yeah
0: and you're just a Fucking person. Yeah. It's a real shit. You're just a person. Half the time, I think I didn't get my my deep black guy voice because I spent my life adopting a weird persona to make them comfortable. Yeah. Stop, stop I, I, to, to not say words like superfluous because I don't want to have the fucking conversation about why do I know what that is mm-hmm. at, you know, 12, 13. You say fucking, so you, you say the Stephen King edition of the stand with a thousand extra pages has a bunch of superfluous material. You say that at twelve and you have to have a fifteen fucking minute conversation about who taught you that. How did you how are you smart like that? It's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So it's 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 something that even I gotta say, man, people hear my voice, they see how I taught, they see how I'm the most assimilated militant person you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I spent a lot of time code switching and being a dual dual blade all the fucking time because you know, there's people you can't be yourself around. There's people who need your existence and your experience filtered through their Brita of it's not that bad out there for you people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just, it's it's tiring to keep filtering the fucking message And to keep making infographics and cute little cartoons to tell everybody oh there's a there's a black guy and then he's trying he's getting a little help up to get on top of the bar and the blah 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 fuck that man the time for that is done you know what i mean it's time for people to really just take it fucking seriously what you do in your life i said it before i'll say it again that that mandela quote or whatever uh your greatest fear is not that you are powerless but that you have more power than you can imagine or whatever that shit is it's and i'll take an amendment your greatest fear is not that you don't know what to do how to not be racist how to how to see the world in a way that is empathetic toward all people your greatest fear is not that you don't know how to do that your greatest fear is that you know exactly how to do that and you fucking won't Yeah, that's it so and i'd well like
2: said. i'd like to think that you know and maybe it's because of the, you know the field that we're in or whatever i think art, you know, we're all artists here. We all uh, uh, strive to be artists in whatever medium, um, has a a unique opportunity to, you know, Sam, you mentioned the Watchmen show, you know, how many people in America uh, didn't know about Black Wall Street or what happened there until the opening moments of that first episode. Art has a unique, uh, especially in a system where our, uh, unfortunately, our education system is wildly underfunded. And um, wildly under supported, art has a unique opportunity to um, show these truths to people, normalize things to people, help them um, acclimate and better understand the world. I would hope, you know, I would hope. And this um, just today, I was listening to the news, and, you know, obviously in this country, we're dealing with our own things, but in Israel, um, the cops gunned down a Palestinian man who had autism um and as part of the apology one of the officials were like well maybe it was because he had autism we shot him down and it's one of those like you know systemic violence and um racism is not unique to us but what is unique to the united states is that as of this recording we are viewed as a world power and as of this recording we are viewed as one of the world leaders and our art goes everywhere so through representation through through storytelling we have an opportunity to share ideas of inclusion and progress through that art and to that end going back to ed talking about you doing your comedy and speaking to yourself it's one thing to tell it's it's you know watchman the showrunner was damon lindelof it's one thing to have to 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 tell other people's stories but to get to the heart of it people having experienced those things and having been a part of those things um makes, in my opinion, makes better art. Um, and so to that end, you know, trying to, um, Ed, we're happy to have you here because you are a, a fellow creator and a fellow artist and people can go out and support your work. We had a question on our discord where we get questions for episodes. Um, Danny asks all of us, who is a black creator that influenced you via their work? Ed, is there somebody that specifically influenced you, or somebody that you think is good at influencing other people, like a like a good example? Their work is is influential in a in a good and positive way.
0: Um, I think there, there's a group of them, but I'll just go with the top two. Uh, with much respect to the guys that they work with, like uh, Derek Dingle and Michael uh, 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 Michael Davis, and some of these guys. But you know, Milestone Media when I was a kid. Yeah. Milestone Media blew my mind. It was chiefly uh, Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cowan.
2: Yeah, and uh, Dennis,
0: peace. you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne McDuffie uh, died way too young. Yeah. left behind too much unfinished work. Man, I mean, he's he's uh, <laughs> like like there's a, there's a sect of white people who worship Frank Herbert mm-hmm. the way that I worship. Dwayne McDuffie
2: and Dwayne like, McDuffie oh, you went
0: too soon. Yeah. Your work is undone. You, and you know? talk
2: about goats, Dwayne McDuffie's and, and not only just comics, but he did, he was influential in the DC animated universe and a, and a, mm-hmm. a bunch of things.
0: Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. He designed him, you know, Bruce, Tim and on those guys, they're part, they were part of the brain trust yeah. that designed what is still the best comic book company as far as doing animation is DC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that groundwork was laid. Like he laid the track for that as well as creating a whole universe of not only black characters, but like black, the Dakota verse from milestone yeah. had the first trans people, I think, uh, yeah. the, and definitely the first gay people I ever saw doing uh, anything of that nature. It had the first, it just, it had the first of a lot of things and and, and it also addressed policing, the main thing that that uh, that causes that superhero universe uh, at which, you know, Dwayne D- uh, McDuffie and Dennis Cowan created. The main thing that causes that super universe is a thing called the Big Bang, which is basically all the gangs get together to have a big fight like the Warriors. But yeah. it turns out they were baited into being in a big central area and pelted with tear gas. Stop me if you heard this one. <laughs> Stop me if you heard this one. But they're 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 herded into a central area and shot up. With uh, you know, a, a bunch of experimental gas that kills most of them, and nobody cares because that's what's you know system designed for. It. Kills mm-hmm. most of them, but it wasn't designed to actually kill them. But it went wrong and it killed most of them, and like somebody getting shot in the face with a rubber bullet, maybe yep. you know something that's supposed yep. to not kill them but ends up killing them. Oops, we broke another one. Not that, uh, that,
2: that, not yeah. non-lethal, less lethal, right, less means, lethal, which means we can shoot it indiscriminately. Apparently.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they shoot this stuff on these guys, and long story boring, it mutates them like a cosmic rays, like the classic comic book uh, origin stuff. So several like a young kid who wasn't in the gang activity, but wanted to go down there and save his friend gets doused in this stuff and becomes static. Yeah. A uh, street gang is there and a lot of them survive and they become a gang with superpowers. Blood, the Blood syndicate. syndicate. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, icon didn't, he wasn't born in that. He was, he, he was a Superman analog that crashed to earth in the antebellum South and spent time as a slave. And then after uh, reconstruction and everything started learning the law and all this jazz. And then, you know, uh, 1990, whatever he was a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, and, and a successful one at that and sort of a conservative. Yeah, And he's shocked out of his malaise of being comfortable by a young, you know, a black girl who, who encounters him. All these different stuff is like Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cowan was just putting these things in our, and in my young mind that there could be a guy like Superman that flies around and is, and, is me. There yeah. could be a kid floating on a, on a, on a, on a, on a damn manhole kind of covered with electrical powers. That could be me. There's, all these characters that could be me and they they weren't subservient to some Superman. They weren't uh, some analog. They weren't some guy who gets Batman slippers. You know, they weren't yeah. any of these things. They had their own universe, uh, which sounds uh, uh, oddly antithetical, but sometimes you know, it's one of these things where they—it wasn't that they had their own universe; they were more central to the universe. There yeah. were white people, there were black people, there were Latinos, there was a surprising number of Asian characters and, and and Latinx characters. Uh, I said gay representation. They yeah. just—it was like when the—I don't want to be a dick about it—but it was like when black people got a chance to design the universe, it was more inclusive of everybody. Yeah, you know, in that instance, maybe not in all of them, but in that instance, there was a lot of inclusion that wasn't just black be black black black. black. It was like Everybody, everybody, everybody. Yeah. You know, and uh, it just informed me a lot. So I'd say two that are right off the bat. Den- and Dennis Cowan uh, drew a Black Panther run where Black Panther with no weapons beat five white supremacists that all had superpowers. Yeah, he like had he had like juices and berries and rocks <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. defeated the shit out of them through his pure intellect and cunning. And Dennis Cowan drew that. And I don't think it's lost on me that this lineage goes all through things like that, like he's just great. And he really is one of the people that a lot of black illustrators can look up to. He's, he worked with Neil Adams when he was like 15, yeah. he like goes into continuity studios and gets a job as an intern, kind of uh, uh, like doing inks and doing uh, paste ups and helping the guys do their work and gets to study at the feet of Neil Adams. He's like a prodigy. He pulled a sword out of a rock. Yeah. You know? So he, yeah, Dennis Cowan's great.
2: And this Cowan was also um, the primary artist on, uh, I would argue the most iconic run of the question. Um, and I know mm-hmm. the milestone media, I know there's the rights issues are complicated, but I've, I've been fortunate enough to find back issues of it. Like, um, hardware, I've hard, hard, I have hardware issue one. I have a couple issues of static. I think I have an issue of icon. Um, and when you read those comics, they're so far ahead of their time and they're so yes. still great. And it's, and it's a bummer that we don't see those characters more because it just, it, it bums me out that static is not able to be what i feel like he he could be to the dc universe of like their answer to spider-man they're like he he could so easily be uh, a pillar of that universe um and i hope that um those characters get the limelight more because they are so unique and cool and also that the creators are able to get um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The 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 credit for their work and um, uh, get paid. I hope they get paid. I hope we see more of those mm-hmm. characters and when we see more right. of them, I right. hope the creators of them get paid.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I agree with that assessment very much. Yeah. Just last things last. The great thing about it was they were able to retain ownership to a great degree throughout most of their lifespan. I think maybe it's one of those things where it gets a little wonky where maybe uh, like when, when Jim Lee had his own company and just sort of sold them back to DC it's like, I was free, but it turns out i kind of like it in the house so i'm just gonna come i'm just gonna come back in turns out know? i like
2: those dc paychecks
0: <laughs> right yeah just yeah i don't i don't have to i don't have to pretend that wildcats has a story anyway yeah. um <laughs> truth you know what i mean but uh, uh but the big shouts out to um his universe spawning um uh, uh, uh the authority yeah. the authority is i mean is one of the most seminal comics of of my youth as well that that just and that to me was almost as important as it being created by a black creator that treated superheroes as like, if you had that much power, you'd be a real dick about it. Mm-hmm. You'd be the superpower in the world. You wouldn't put the damn flag on top of the White House. You do what you wanted to do. You do what, frankly, the people who run this country do. You wouldn't have to observe what the fuck the people want. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. You're too powerful to listen to the people. Yeah. And so that, that kind of dawned on me that idea of even superheroes could be super dicks. Yeah. You know? So, uh, and and obviously Watchmen did that as well, but I'm Mm -hmm. just saying like looking at these things, some of these people who are like representing marginalized people, you talk about Watchmen, uh, a gay black cop, in the past, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give too many spoilers for people who haven't watched the whole thing, but yeah. they had Go that in there, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, they had that storyline in there. They had so, so much and, and and like even Madame True, right? Madame True, the Vietnamese uh, yeah. uh, billionaire, brilliant lady, her story of how her mom had to steal privilege off of a mountaintop yeah. and put it inside of her to have a daughter who had a, a chance in this world. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's it's very interesting some of the, the themes in there where it's like uh, and and like I said, I don't want to condone theft or any crap like that, but I love the fact that there was a couple of fashion CEOs that talked about how their stores were looted mm-hmm. and they were just I think they could even understand like it'll just make my brand chic, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be mean, riots fashion. They were just willing to sacrifice their products to support people are just like, let them have a little bit of luxury. This no. is the problem with this world. These people have no luxury, you know, that that's as bourgeois and let them eat cake as possible. Yeah. But at least it's not shoot them all for stealing my Fendi coats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You got to take progress where you can get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just think people are, I think if we get one thing out of here, it'll be, I think Akilah Hughes or Akilah green. I was what reading Twitter. Two ladies named Akila who do great work. I don't remember which one said it, but they she said they're 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 letting police brutalize everyone to maintain their ability to brutalize black people.
2: I saw that, yeah, and
0: I was like, that's the money because like when that old man got pushed down, we we're in the moment now. So, but that people can look back. There's a video of an old man who tries to cut through a phalanx of cops. Yeah. Which is in itself so funny because no old black man would think he could just cut through a giant mm-hmm. phalanx of cops who are marching towards him like Roman centurions. No way would a black man or a Latin man think that he could just cut, right? Just let me cut yeah. it on through. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the funny part. Yeah, That's the scoot funny past part. <laughs> right, right. Let me just scoop past you. Let me just scoop. Scoot- sh- let me <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right, we'll dance later. You do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he was trying to do that with a phalanx of cops who were marching, you know, towards him. That's the funny part. But then it gets unfunny when they start to shove this odd, obviously doddering old man who probably was trying to cut through them because walking around the block is too much of my old ass. Yeah. I'm trying to take a shortcut, and you fuckers, are, I'm not down with this protest, certainly, and I don't want to f- fuck with you guys, but I'm just trying to cut through. And they shove him as though they would shove a, a, a frankly a black teen yeah. that they think is a superhuman athlete for for reasons. Yeah. They shove they shove him the way that you would shove a D one lineman, mm-hmm. but it's a dumb, doddering old man. So he falls and his head hits the fucking pavement. He starts leaking like a can of Faygo. Yeah.
2: And
0: and and he's he's like looks like he's dying in front of everybody. And the first moment, the first thing I hear the cops say is. Get those guys, not pick that man up, not help that man, not st- not even stop filming us killing this guy. It's yeah. get those guys that are filming. Get those guys that saw us do this. That was their first reaction. And now we see that that, that I think 500 of, of the cops uh, in that unit resigned from that particular task force, be- no, 57, 57 of them, I think resigned from that task force in support yeah. of the two guys who pushed an old man to the ground. I saw a guy in a wheelchair in downtown LA. He's one of those guys who sits in a wheelchair, pulls it with his foot. He's schizophrenic. Yeah. He got shot in the head with a rubber bullet. And the picture is like, it's a, it's a real Andy Leibowitz shit. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. It's a real beautiful photo mm-hmm. of blood coming out of his head while he's hunched over in his wheelchair and a giant wall of cops, one of which is still aiming a rubber gun, rubber bullet gun right at him and there's a lady cop going, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's like perfectly timed. Yeah. You can look at any aspect of that of that thing and get a horror story. And I'm just saying like in what world is that justified? In what world are we the good guys if we're on Twitter going all blue lives and blah blah blah. And yeah. what world is that cool? I don't I don't get that. Awesome. And
2: I think well, I think you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about this idea of the way, you know, the, the myths that we let found America and, and the idea of weirdly, this idea of authority considering the uh the myth I was raised with of of a of a of a bunch of white guys in brown face throwing tea off of a ship. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're founded on this idea of rebellion, um, and yet we can't seem our sensitive egos can't seem to facilitate people uh protesting peacefully which is it's one of those things where it's like this feels like the harder choice this it feels like you're not only making it hard on the protesters but it feels like you're making it harder on yourselves for no reason uh it's it's like when uh it's insane you you think you think that and not that this would be better but you think there'd be some sort of cynical at least, at least pretend like we give a shit so that they stop doing what we don't want them to do. And they can't even muster that. They can't even, which again goes back to the idea of accountability. There's this sense that like we won't be held accountable. And I think not only do you know uh, we, as a culture, we need to look at how we perceive um, law enforcement and authority, but also going back to, you know, we talking about comics, we love superheroes, you know, I, I think um a comic sam and i have talked about uh, a lot recently is second coming which even though that's about there's a religious aspect to it part of it is how superheroes kind of represent this i uh, this classical view of authority um and uh, one of the many thoughts that went through my brain this week is like superheroes should be outlaws again spider-man shouldn't have <laughs> cop friends batman should have a complicated <laughs> relationship with commissioner gordon
0: well, I think we're going to see that come down in the zeitgeist, bro. I know that that's going to be part of it because of the fact that, like, number one, that's when it's most interesting. Yes. Because to be a hero, to truly make the decision to be a hero when you know that it's antithetical to a certain power structure or that you might help people that the main power structure doesn't don't want help or, you know, something. some Put some spice on it is all I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nice. That's a good place to be. In, in fiction, and Captain America even was where I'm wearing this shirt. Captain America, ah, I just put it together, babies. I, I literally just put on the <laughs> shirt because I'm just a, the fetch love who wants to identify with a physical specimen. But I just made up a psychological reason I did it. I did it because Captain America represents a lot of what I think would be good if certain, frankly, white people could adopt some of these, these tenets. First of all, he's so down with war. That as a 97 pound person, he tries to join the military and go kill Nazis because he hates bullies, quote unquote. But mostly he understands that America's imperialism is better than German imperialism. If you're really going to get down with it. That's what he's thinking at first. He wants to go join the fight because of that. I'm sorry. That's it. He goes through a war. He gets all this this Nazis and Hydra and this, that and the other. Learns a lot about himself. Learns a lot about life. Right when he's about to become a whole person, he gets frozen on ice and he gets dumped after a whole period of history has gone by and a whole bunch of advancements have gone by. And he has to fucking wake up to what the world is now. He can't lament that, hello, my baby, hello, my darling, isn't on the fucking radio anymore, dude. He has to learn who the fuck Drake is. If he doesn't like him, that's fine. Mm -hmm. He has to learn who Marvin Gaye is and learn that that's the great soulful music that he missed. He has to learn these fucking things. And he takes takes it as a personal challenge to better himself, right? To not... Have everything bend around him, Civil War notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> to not have quite everything bend around him, to be a little tractable in certain things, get up to date, do this, that, and the other, learn stuff about the world, and he does that. And obviously, the lineage of the of the Captain America program, we can get to the comics. They they experimented on black people. They just ski experimented on black people to even get his power set. And by the time they got the drug to him, it was FDA approved, baby. Shoot this up in your veins. This is safe for a white man. You know what I mean? He's a perfect example of somebody who, even with a lineage of getting all this help, getting all this privilege, thinking all these jingoistic thoughts, can still, as a goddamn adult, change his mind. Up to the point where the government goes, damn, man, you too woke for us. <laughs> We're going to take your motherfucking uniform away. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That is the place that a lot of white people need to get their minds to. Yeah, Be willing to have your dumb uniform stripped off because you're doing the right fucking thing. Yeah. And have faith that if you do the right thing and, and, and conquer those things and get good people in office, that the good people who are controlling stuff now that you put there in office by voting, by civic work, We'll let you put on the good uniform, of Captain America, again and be a good guy. Let's try to make it to where the people in authority will give you orders to do something good. Let's if we're gonna be in fantasy fucking land, how about that? Yeah, how about that fantasy? Let's do. Let's embrace that one. So I'm saying.
2: I think oh, yeah. uh, I think that's a more meaningful interpretation of Captain America uh, than I've heard before, and I, and it, and I already like those movies, but I think I will enjoy them uh, even more uh, in that
1: context. Um. <laughs> Agreed. And I did really quick want to read from the comment section because we have people joining us live. And I appreciate your guys' comments with Danny M, Wendy, Caitlin Conway. Uh, Caitlin, giving a shout out to that specific story, uh, Ed, you brought up with the uh, uh, old man getting shoved. Uh, I was in Buffalo. That's her hometown. And she did an upside down smiley face, the one with that's in a lot of pain and said that incident was an old of uh, the old man happened in my city. And there was literally uh, there are literally people rallying around the cops at the city courthouse building today, frustrated smiley face. And she also mentioned that he, that old man was there for the protests. I don't know what he was doing, what he thought was going to happen by him going up to those stormtrooper looking yeah, so
0: well, and you know what? And you know what? I, I don't want to misinterpret his intentions. Even if his intention was to go up and do what some whites are doing at the protests, a lot actually are uh, the operation like human shield type thing. Like when the cops get a little rough, they'll rush to the forefront because the cops are have unfortunately a statistical like that it's less likely they will fuck up a white person than, than one of us, especially a young one of us. And I think he might have been trying in this case to maybe use his privilege and understood. In that moment, what we're talking about, they'll brutalize anybody to preserve the right to brutalize you. And again, I don't want to harp on it too much, but making a criminal class out of people, making there always be somebody on the bottom and then demonizing people who recognize that is classic fascist stuff. You don't have to smell like patchouli and have a bong load ready to think that way. I'm sorry. Stop thinking that it's hippie bullshit. To look at, to look at the real cause, man. Yeah. Dude, we've demonized that thought process so much to the point where we got Quentin Tarantino, who used to be hip, doing his damnedest to fuck up hippies in every way possible in, in that movie. I'm not trying to be a dickhead, but, you know, some hippies are fake posers. Some of everybody's a fake poser. When I want to talk about virtue signaling. Uh, I don't like that language, but there are some people who do that. There are some people who would rather look good than be good. We understand that. But having cynicism about that and not doing your part just because other people might be do- not doing their part, it's classic whataboutism. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic excuse for you to not change your 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 whatever. So I'm as cynical as they come, man. I love these companies acting like they give a fuck about black people so they can sell chicken nuggets or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I think it's cute. I think it's hilarious. But I think it's everybody's responsibility to get that money while you can and use that to help your community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want it's to like, you know?
1: I don't know if you saw the meme, but it's like that nervous space captain, and like he has to press a button, and one of them is like Pride Month logo for your Twitter account for your business, <laughs> or the black square, and it could he couldn't pick <laughs> between them, and I, I was like, yeah, it's a because yep. like I I would say like there's some brands that are like pretty just like paper over. They're like, we weighed this uh, for a couple of days, of what we'd say that cool ones to shout out, I'd say uh, Ben and Jerry's, because they just did a big post that said, like, end white supremacy and they had, like, a a, a plan for it, which was kind of cool. And Nickelodeon choosing to te- try to teach kids about what black kids are, are taught and trying to teach white kids what that is and they got a lot of blowback from it and I thought that was just uh, cool of them to actually uh, get out in front of all of that and, and say something meaningful and, and stand by it um we'll see what they do yeah. in the future but like yeah. it was uh it, that's and that's the important part is what they do moving forward because mm-hmm. i mean what i i don't know what burger king has really done for the lgbtq community but they <laughs> will 100 percent put a rainbow flag in their logo like <laughs> i saw so like do do something do something no. more
2: i will say just with the joke of you know uh choosing between black lives matter and pride month You can do both because uh, (laughs) you can do both because, you know, there's also the, you know, trans community and very specifically the black trans community um, is is disproportionately victimized. And so it's it's there's a lot of people need a lot of help and there's a lot of ways that we can educate ourselves, um, like Ed said, uh, and like Captain America did in his movies, educate yourself to do better. Um, and be better and and make your community better and to kind of like you know i not to feel overwhelmed with all the awfulness um danny boy uh did have a question for us on discord that that i wanted to throw your way um mm-hmm. what have you recently seen or experienced for yourself that gives you hope if if there's anything there's no reason for it. i mean if you do if there isn't anything don't feel like you got to create something
0: <laughs> uh, no you know what I, I think the fact that it's I mean to tell the truth it was quite a quiet conversation for a lot of the history of this country you know what I mean yeah. if, if if there were you know people marching with certain people or people unionizing with certain people at blacks and unions and labor unions and stuff and all this kind of stuff I understand that's incremental pro- pro- progress but I have seen a 60s 1860s or 1960s level of white kids challenging their parents and stuff, you know, uh, and and, and I've seen that. And I think I don't know if it's just us trying to harness the natural rebellion of youth, Mm. you know, like your parents, no matter how revolutionary your parents are, you seem to want to rebel against their values. So it's almost like we had a whole generation of kids who were raised kind of by hippies or the kids of hippies that became alt-right douchebags because yeah. Kumbayasi seemed weak and dumb. And, you know, it, it all. I just feel like I hope that this youth change in this time with this amount of information being disseminated. Think about this. In the 60s, you had three gray ass channels yeah. to look at the discord or, 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 or discussion uh, in the country three different places would show you Negroes getting hit in the head with rocks and go, yeah, they were sitting where they shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And then, and then occasionally the, the news would change to, they were sitting where maybe they might have a right to be, but it might not be the right time. Yeah. And you know, all this difference. So you get three channels telling you that. Right. And now everybody's got a movie studio in their phone yeah, so that they can show what's really happening to people. And I think more people are waking up to what's actually happening to, frankly, all people who oppose this, gang who yes like every gang in the movies dude gangsters get shit done Mm -hmm. don't get it twisted gangsters get shit done you you know you want you want a restaurant they won't give you a license I'll get them to give you a license we as a country love that shit bro Martin Scorsese is the greatest living director besides maybe Bong Joon-ho how's Uh that for double woke speak Mm -hmm. but but I, I just feel like Martin Scorsese made his bones on Italian, as my dad would say, yeah. criminality Yeah. and selling the concept of Italian as well as white criminality as a superpower. Yeah, you don't you don't want, you don't want me to open this casino? I'll bludgeon you in your fucking head. I'll come back. I'll come back tomorrow. I'll hit you. In your fucking. Oh, you signed the papers. Thank you. You mm-hmm. don't want to. Don't get blood on them. We love that shit. Yeah, we love gangsters. And, and we love the military. We love super soldiers. Yeah. We don't understand that Captain America, the Punisher, whoever these super soldiers are in your mind, their superpower is they're always right and they always did their research. Yeah. And we've we've let ourselves be infected by this idea that, as you stated, DJ, the cops are some kind of, the cops are chilling out on rooftops like Batman perched over a fucking golem and they're just like duh, 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 swooping down on crime. We think that's what cops are doing when they're actually posting up where a lot of Negroes with backpacks are going to be and picking them off like fish in a barrel. A lot of times, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? So we need to stop thinking of, of the police as this, frankly, they're proactive in a bad way. Yeah. We need to start understanding that they're not reacting to some giant wave of crime. It's so funny how crime pops up every time we need to fill this new prison. Every time we need some criminals, we create some you know what I mean? I think people are getting wise to that a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we're building whole industries on you know, half your Ikea furniture, not necessarily Ikea, but some of this little prefab shit. You had Amazon ships. You was made by fucking prisoners, bro. Yeah. And the reason why you got it that cheap is fucking slaves made it, dude. Yeah. And why did they get conscripted into slavery? They had a dime bag at a concert in Wisconsin. What the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. You've created a whole criminal class out of this bullshit. So again, I think um, I hope to try to wrap it up. I hope that people are seeing more of that, but and I hope that this is a true new awakening of the white populace because it isn't just some apocryphal story they heard from their black homeboy that could have been exaggerated because he was scared. It isn't just some 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 bleeding heart saying that you know.
1: Because even I'm not
0: saying I know that there are black criminals. I know there are black criminals that hurt the black community. Yeah. But where do they come from? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We break our asses to explain when white boys were going to a church and shoot the hell out of people. We break our asses to explain the psychological reasons why this beautiful, this beautiful automaton of whiteness malfunctioned. Hmm. Let's see what happened to C-3PO. Why is he murdering? Why is this protocol murder all of a sudden? Ah, oh, we got to take it to the shop. This yeah. is how we treat white mentality. But black people can't be broken and fucked up psychologically. Black people can't be brought back from the darkness like fucking Darth Vader, your favorite little buddy that you suck off all the time. Mm-hmm. We can't be brought back if, if we have a bad youth because we're just dumb savages. You know what I'm saying? It's just really sad, the orcification of black people in this yeah. country, dude. And, you know. And so I think, I hope, and what's given me hope, it's how many people can look at a video in their phone, look at 20, 30, 50 videos in their phone in these days and finally get it. It's not an apocryphal story. It's in your hand. It's in your hand. Yeah. So that's what gives me hope that maybe people look at this thing in their hand and have actual evidence change their mind instead of stories. And after that actual evidence change their mind, they can do what they can in their life to do something different. Yeah. Like I said, you know, be the change you want to be in the world, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It's I think um uh I I really agree with that. And I think like um uh my wife and I were looking for something to watch the other day and we popped in V for Vendetta, um, which is not as good as people like to think it is. Um uh <laughs> or as I remember it uh personally. Um, same i but, watched it last year yeah yes, it was it's, it's different, fine it's fine different eyes. yeah it's fine uh it, <laughs> well,
0: it i called that i called that my now mind <laughs> when you look at something with your yes. now mind
2: yeah 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 it it, it it explains its plot like four or five different times like i got it uh, uh, it's really not that complicated i'm on board but uh there's there's the line from v where he's like uh government uh, people shouldn't fear their governments government shouldn't fear their people and i laughed um and uh but the one thing thinking about like uh, it got me thinking the other day about these fascist you know media fashion, like 1984 Fahrenheit 451 and there's this concept of cameras always watching you and i think the one thing that that uh, gives me a little bit of hope in this time is but in our world we've got cameras watching them too we've all got cameras that's maybe the one positive thing capitalism has given us in this situation is we also have the cameras and the question is whether we'll let the evidence of our eyes dictate how we live our lives and how we hold people accountable. And I also hope, you know, going back Ed, to your points about, you know, the myths we found ourselves on and, and the moment we live in, you know, there, there's already talk of some of these Confederate monuments finally coming down. And I hope that this is an opportunity that like, you know, Germany doesn't, as far as I know, I guess German listeners, you can let me know if I'm wrong. I don't think they have monuments of, like, Hitler around. No, you know what I mean? Gone. Yeah, that stuff's out of there. So, you know, we had some violent insurrectionists about a couple hundred years ago. Let's get all the statues of them out. You know what I mean? Let's get uh, any of that symbolism. And,
0: and and it, just just imagine just imagine if, if Marcus Garvey in the 30s or 40s led a black revolution that killed... One fourth the amount of people that died in the Civil War. Yeah. Would we have a statue to him? Fuck no. Yeah. Fuck no. There's there's no I Nat Turner so. statue. Yeah. There's no Nat there's Turner no, statue it's on not the even White that. House steps.
2: There's no There's no Benedict Arnold statue. There's no like, wait, didn't that, <laughs> right. guy, didn't that guy try to betray America? Yeah, but he was, like, you know what? It's Southern pride here. Yeah, you know he what, what I mean? He represented freedom. Yeah, he's part of our, listen, he's part of our history. And and I, even though, and again, going back to the idea of art and stuff, like those things are symbols, but symbols matter. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. things we allow to linger Matter in this idea, you know, the um, cancer might attack a specific part of your body, but it's not like, oh, it's just my lungs, no big deal. You have cancer. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if if if
2: part of our part of our country is being victimized, their freedoms being oppressed, that devalues the entire concept of freedom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you need to cut it out. You need to get and rid of it. As best you can from its root. Obviously, it's the same you know, you you can't get rid of guns from all criminals. Sure, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. You shouldn't try and like as best you can root out all the things that have been allowed to fester. And that's not gonna be easy and it's not gonna it's not gonna happen quickly. But it doesn't mean oh, it's also, not worth happening.
0: Thing, dude, one thing I'd like to jump in with just and really quickly, I just yeah. think socially what's interesting to me is five loud black guys coming into a space is reacted to a lot differently than five loud Irish guys coming yeah. into a space. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same I, all I, or any black person, and I'm serious business. All we want is to not be disproportionately policed by, by people with phones who, who want to be the police Yeah. to regular police. Yeah. We just don't want to be over police. I would love for everyone to be policed Barely. And I would definitely love for, for the people who are just some nutto that's on the subway, is talking to themselves, doesn't have fucking shoes on. I would love for us to react to him like, ah, buddy, yeah, uh, we're going to take you in. We're going to get you fed up and see if you're some crazy fuck that's going to punch an old lady in the face or if you're just kind of off your meds and weird and we're going to get you settled. Yeah. And the people who would handle that person and interact with that person or at least one of the people who would interact with that person would be a trained professional in mental health issues. And a sensitive person who is there, maybe with a dumb beefcake that, mm-hmm. that's there to get down if it needs to be.
2: Yeah.
0: And these, you know, so you know, these guys approach the situation, guys and gals and whatever, approach the situation and and try to de-escalate and stuff and and uh, uh, adapt to things properly. It seems like I see too many people with no shoes on in the subway because I've seen that a bunch of times. I keep saying that because I've seen that a bunch of times. Yeah, getting the shit beat out of them like they're goddamn Batman. Yeah. you know what I mean. And and and, re, and being reacted to as though they're a lion loose no. in the subway instead of trying to de escalate and get them some sort of help. I just wish more of that would happen. And I, I know that that would help everybody, white people included, because as white people are wont to say, white people get shot by the cops too, at a, at, a, at and frankly, an alarming rate for a fucking developed country. Mm-hmm. So I, why are we as a country being policed this way?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, oh, yeah. By the way, D- DJ, I did want to mention uh, or actually bring up, you watched a show on HBO by Wyatt my uh, Yeah. Uh, it's
2: uh, it's it, Problem Areas, right?
1: Problem Areas. Yeah. Thank you. And I know there's an episode that dealt with uh, police, but also the prison system. And you had mentioned like different, there were different areas. Like I think Oakland was trying out a different way of uh, dealing with smaller crimes. Yeah. Uh, Seattle as with, well. Seattle as well and I just so I wanted to throw that out there problem areas now with like HBO max and HBO now and HBO go and all the other HBOs. not just that way to watch that
2: yeah not just that that was the first season problem areas that was um, dealing with police violence and it's again it's weird it's it's frustrating how this stuff is always so you know we were talking about Watchmen that came at the end of last year but it's like or in milestone back in the 90s this isn't new It's not new, Uh, but I guess, hey, at least we're talking about it now. But all those are, I believe, uh, on YouTube for free um, right now. Yeah, so you can check that out as a way to get informed. And he uses um, that show as a way to get uh, a bunch of different perspectives, all the way from like general police reform to people wanting to abolish the police entirely and all those perspectives and how um, that might work. And again, just that idea of using entertainment to educate yourself and make yourself better so that we can all be better citizens and treat ourselves better. And Ed, like you said, yep. like, you know, you know, homeless, homeless guy on the street and, you know, maybe treat him like a victim first. And then, uh, instead of, uh, you Grimly. know, yeah. Yeah. So, um, add one more time before we wrap up. Um, can you talk about all the stuff you're doing that people can go and, and listen to and check out, um, nerd goat reboot it, your comic coming up, um, all that stuff.
0: Oh, super cool. Uh and one thing I would like to say is obviously there's a million online resources for it isn't necessarily giving the giving some cornbread to some poor Negro. If if if, if you want to give to bail out people who have been wrongfully uh you know fucked up in these protests, if you want to go, frankly, you don't want to get aligned with looters and stuff because you're not politically like that, you can support a black business. Yeah. Some of whom have gotten fucked up by opportunistic non black in a lot of cases, looters and vandals. Yeah, you can support black businesses. There's lists upon lists on the internet out there. Just Google list of black businesses and put your area code in there. Yeah, and you can support one of those. Get you know, get some, uh, get some, get some mac and cheese and help somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you know, things that are win wins all over the place for this issue. Okay. Yeah. And I don't want to put my stuff in that category, but. Uh, I am an artist. I am black, and uh, uh, a lot of being black uh, uh, informs my sensibility. But I'm just like everybody else, comic book kid. I got a strong lady and a ninja guy in one of my books. Mm-hmm. I got a, a space ape in one of them. He's like he's like Captain Kirk. I got fucking you know what I'm saying. I got I got a lady soldier doing a, a Snake Pliskin run. Like her whole team gets killed up, and she's the last person. And she's like Dutch and Predator for the whole book. You know, fighting yeah. a whole city of maniacs. You know, it's it's like I got I got stuff, you know, so like uh, the comic book Kickstarter is starting on June 22nd. Yeah. And uh, we're going to debut all of these like basically pilots of several comics and funny uh, in between back matter and sketches. And just it's going to be 48 pages of entertainment that you're going to get called Goat Comics. Uh, coming out. Uh, uh, the Kickstarter is going to start on June 22nd so you can back in. And we have most of the book done. I'm talking about there's like 10, 15 pages, miscellaneous pages. So as soon as we get this funded we're going to print this and get it out to you. There's yeah. no bullshit. We're not going. this ain't no cyber frog shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> we're not, we're, you know, you're going to catch this and, you know, uh, see, on sale somewhere before you get your damn copy. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you're going to get this shit. All right. And uh, you'll be supporting a black creator, and and people who have supported a black creator from the get go, and helped me build my brand. Oh, kill me! You know what I mean? The, like you're supporting good people.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. Goat Comics, forty-eight pages, and uh, reboot it. Uh. It's a YouTube channel. We have two seasons of entertainment, and and we're gonna start doing. Uh, Summer like. Director's commentaries of the episodes that cool. are going to be live cast on OBS. So you'll be able to tune in live and check those out. We're getting a lot, a lot of strong responses. And again, it's just us taking old properties. Fantastic Four, Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, and totally saying, what if Vader was actually the main character and Palpatine wasn't? You know yeah. what, what, what if Vader was Palpatine from the get-go? What kind of wrinkles would that put in there? Uh, how could we do Indiana Jones again? You know, all this yeah. stuff. Th- all these impossible tasks and we do it in about an hour with minimal editing and last things last nerd goat podcast it's my bread and butter i love to talk to people about their favorite fictional characters we got up our own asses for a while doing just insular quarantine episodes and those are like a descent into madness now we're coming out of that and we've had several we've had several good guests lined up and i'd love to get you guys on individually uh, to rock it and, and do characters so uh uh, the new season is going to be super fresh we're building up to 150 which is going to drop June 22nd as well along with the kickstarter episode 150 of nerd Guild will drop on that day so just thanks for looking at one or all of those things
2: yeah go check them out listen we're technically all still on quarantine so what else are you doing
0: yeah what
1: else go, are you doing? Yeah, you know go what? out
2: there and support ed stuff come on
1: find <laughs> all the links in the description of this podcast also follow ed on instagram and twitter twitter Ed Greer Destroys, and go check out his stand-up. You can uh, check out uh, clips from The New Negroes as well as other stand-up specials that you've done over at the Comedy Store. I was watching a bunch of them as we were prepping for this episode, and they're all fucking fantastic. And also, you were over on Screen Junkies. So you're all over the place. You got a bunch of really good content. Go support Ed. Because, Ed, this was a truly special episode, not just because of the topic and the week. It was You're one of the most thoughtful guests that we've had on. I think I can say that. Speak for both of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I appreciate your knowledge, your passion for the medium, and also just just... I mean, I kind of stayed silent for the back half of the episode, mainly because I wanted to listen to you talk, and it was very captivating, and I can't wait to re-listen to this and uh, check out more of your work. So thank you again for joining us, uh, and the only plugs we'll do for Only Stupid Answers is, you know, Patreon. That's how you support the show. And you can yeah. watch this live, and Twitter is the main uh, platform to follow if you want to stay updated with things that we're working on. It's at Only Stupid Answers on Twitter. You got the
2: balls from stupid.
1: Still got to do the bid. Still, still got to do, do the a, bid. But also, gotta do just, as, bid. just as
2: a side note as well, if you check out, um, I think, uh, you know, my bios and Instagram and Twitter, and I believe Sam's as well, um, there's links to help support um, people that are trying to fight for the soul of this country. Um, and so go check that. Uh, go check those out as well. Mm-hmm. Thank I, you, man. I just oh, want to yeah. say
0: thank you guys for having me on. And it's it's rare that you get an opportunity to vent to people who aren't trying to like fakely lick your boots on some weird shit, mm. you know, or try to challenge you on semantics all the damn time. The fact that you guys, you know, are human beings who have come at this in a human way is really heartening. And I think you guys are. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to call you one of the good ones because that's demeaning uh, to everybody involved. I'm not trying to do that, but I am saying thank you guys for being for being sensitive and having great questions and having a great ability to, to like listen, you know, I think that's what more people need to adopt. Just just listen before you act. Even if you want to make the same decision, just listen and hear it out and actually weigh it. You know, I, I think you're encouraging that sort of culture. So I thank you for doing that. Man. Oh, thank you. We well, really Ed, appreciate thank you saying that.
1: We'd love to have you back at any point. And uh, gang, support how you can, uh, like DJ said. And I will also, DJ, I'll make sure we'll have a link in the bottom of so a resource hub. So yeah. if people want to learn more, Give support, whatever you want to do, you can check that out. But, uh, gang, thank you so much uh, for tuning into this special episode, and we will see you next time. Bye bye.